This is Don't Forget the Small Stuff, and today we're talking about Bridget Jones's diary. Isn't it terrible what's happening in Chechnya? Chechnya. Chechnya? Chechnya. 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 Welcome to Don't Forget the Small Stuff, the podcast that celebrates the overlooked and forgotten little moments in films. I'm Jess, and with me today is Andy. Hello. And Jess. Hello. You can find us online at smallstuffcast.com. We are at smallstuffcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can contact us using email at smallstuffcast.com. And our music is by Skeleton King. Find more of Skeleton King's work by following the link in the show notes. Welcome back, Jess. Really nice to have you with us again. It's good to be back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not me? No? No, well, you, I mean, yeah, welcome back, Andy, as well. Thank but you. And I have to welcome back myself. Welcome and back, I, Jesse. I could do yeah, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so the listeners don't know me as Jesse, by the way. Oh. Just so we're on, you know, the same Uh-oh. page. We are both Jess. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've I don't mind. I've just been included in complexity there. Yeah. That That's really needed. confusing for me now. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to do? Uh, Listen, before we move on to Bridget Jones's diary, I just wanted to um, have a couple of points of reference. These are sort of directed mostly at Andy because he was involved in these these recordings. Um, so, Andy, do you do you remember um, when we did Ocean's Eleven? We talked about Andy's hat and yes. uh, Matt Damon's red baseball hat was, I think, yes. the, one of the at mm-hmm. least nominees. So I looked at that again. I don't know why. I just decided to have a look at that scene because I think it's a really cool scene. Mm-hmm. His hat that has a little logo on the front, a little emblem on the front. Yep. The emblem is a red baseball hat. On a, on, on a on red, red baseball, baseball hat. hat. Yeah. Meta. Meta, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, who cares? But this is, don't forget the small stuff. So I had to mention it. I, I also want to mention that I still believe Andy Garcia is the best Andy. I watched Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again last night with my wife. Uh, hey, listen, it's good. Okay. It's Your film. face of disdain is not welcome here. Sir. Is this the first Mamma Mia? No, it's the second one. Both okay. are great. Both are great. Yeah. All right, fine. And Andy Garcia's in it, and he's still cool. So there's a... Okay, well, yeah. I mean, that's that's at least three iterations. And actually, in, in Godfather Part 3, he's quite good. He's mm. quite cool in that as well. So. I love that he went from Godfather to um, Mamma Mia. Here yeah. we go again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know... It's a plateau, isn't it? He's not he's not dropping off that plateau as far as I can see. Shut up. Well, Godfather Part 3 is actually fairly bad. I mean, it's obviously worse than Mamma Mia. I mean, it's a, it's a lot to live up to. Mm. Mm. He sings at the end, we share. Okay, good. Mm. Is it as good as Michael Caine singing at the end of Christmas Carol? Muppets Christmas Carol? It's kind of in the middle. Okay. But no, nothing is as good as Michael Caine singing with yeah. the ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> the um the other <laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention is that you pointed out when we were doing Fast and the Furious the the, the chap in the white shirt mm-hmm. sitting outside Toretto's yeah. Market. Yeah, I I had to go back and look at him. He's there. He's there for a very short amount of time and does not look like he, he belongs. Be there. No. no, no, no. I think it's crew. Uh, yeah. It's pretty funny. He looks like um it, what's going like someone who's walked in when they're shooting and he's like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like the bbc interview when the the nanny came in on yeah. her hands and knees or something oh, yeah. yeah the best clip of tv ever to- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear yes excellent <clears throat> all right so 
This is our third 2001 film in a row. We did um, Ocean's Eleven, we did uh, The Fast and the Furious, and now this, they're all made in 2001. So we'll probably, we are going to change it next time. We are going to go back in time a little bit, but I just think it's a coincidence, that's all. Mm-hmm. It was obviously a good year for us. The world was a better place, I suspect. Mm. I mean, my kids were born, so, you know. Mm. Still debatable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What do you rem- what do you remember of this film like from when it first came out? I mean, it was Bridget Jones' pants were the only like still to this day my female friends will say I'm wearing my Bridget Jones. Like yes. it is so the the pants are the enduring factor of the entire film. I didn't really the fight and the pants. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 It, I think it relies very heavily on two or three or four kind of moments. Uh, so the pants, the fireman's pole, the fight are the three three big ones, I think. The, and like those are the things that everyone remembers, for me anyway, I don't know. Mm. Presumably you went to the cinema to see it. Well, I was thinking about this, and I, I did. I met my wife in 2001, and I suspect this may have been one of the first films we saw together. Yes. Well, we know that one of them was The Fast and the Furious because we... Yeah, yeah. Previously yeah. discussed that. One of the most profound movie gaming yes. experiences of my wife's life. Um, <laughs> and no, I... Uh, I'm so intrigued with the follow-up questions that I want to ask. But... <laughs> You'll have to listen to the previous episode. Yeah, okay. Yes, you will. Um, yeah, so I must have seen this in the movie, and I would not have gone and seen this on my own or with a group of mates. I mm. just... But it's interesting, isn't it? So I, I, I kind of joked that 2001, the world was a better place, but Britain was was kind of... A cool place. Wasn't Britain it? was a better place. It, it was amazing back then. You know, we were just really confident about who we were as British people. I think there was a, a pride, which I'm not going to get political here, but there was a kind of a pride in, um, uh, uh, of being British, which I don't know. I don't see so much today for various reasons. Who's the director of this? Because it's the guy who does all of the rom coms. Nice. A woman, I forget her oh, name, but the... Richard Curtis wrote it. Richard Curtis, yeah, yeah, but that, yeah, that's, yeah. I think that. Um, is Richard Curtis British? Yes. So yeah, I think it, I think Richard Curtis has a lot to, uh, a lot yeah. to, he can take a lot of the credit of British pride in that kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Oasis, I think, are the yeah. two. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think actually Hugh Grant only agreed to do this when he found out Richard Curtis was writing it, mm. which is not surprising because he's peak Hugh Grant here, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Do we have anything in general still to say about it before? Generally, we move? just yeah. to say that I would have went my entire life without ever wanting to or probably ever watching this film unless the podcast came about. This is one of the only films I ever would have been like, no, absolutely not. If well, someone suggested it, I would be like, no, Vito. I thought you'd seen it before we suggested it. <laughs> no, this it. was the first time I ever watched it. Oh, I had just you... refused to watch it. Okay, because you told me it was cringe. Yeah, cringy. because I just had thought this is okay. just going to be cringy and oh, just. Wow. Sorry. I just... No, no, because I actually liked it, so I was wrong. But I just had this image of it in my head of Renelle. We Renee. debated what to do quite a lot. When we walked back from the last podcast, we were like, what should we do? We don't do many, or any, in fact, rom-coms. But I think it would be good to have a strong female presence. And then we lured you into a film you hate. Well, <laughs> I did. I did what was funny. Is or thought I, you would hate. Yeah, I hated the concept of it. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I was proven wrong. So I want to say one more thing. Yeah. Because uh, I'll keep coming back to it. The parallels between this... And Pride and Prejudice are quite something, and okay. actually deliberate. They must be when you look into it. I'm okay. going to feel really bad here because I've never actually read Pride and Prejudice. That's fine. Neither have I, okay. and I've, but I have seen the film. 
Just not in agreement when I say things. Andy's going to be really driving a literary um, side. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they are. They're there. And I will mention it a couple of times, but given that I'm going to get nothing back from you guys, I won't linger on it. No, it's okay. I'm we'll, infuse, we'll be enthusiastic in our responses. Nod. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that comes well across on a, it comes across well on an audio medium. I find podcasters are best when done non-verbally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are going to jump into the small stuff. Um, and it starts with the, what is it like the, is it the curry party, the turkey curry party? Turkey the, curry buffet, wasn't it? Yeah, that's no. it. Yeah. First thing that you see pretty much, I mean, there's a bit of a snowy drive up to house scene. Mm-hmm. But then we go inside um, Bridget's parents' house. Uh, and <laughs> I thought it was the same set as um, Privet Drive in yes. Harry Potter. I, th- I literally thought it was the same. Generic uh, British living yeah. room overly decorated floral kind of terrible (laughs) you know curtains with pelmets and all sorts of terrible things going on trinkets everywhere um but i thought it was this i had to go and look at that it's not um but it's very many of the actors are in harry potter i know and (laughs) they really are so jim broadbent and um what's the name Gemma jones i think is is the mum in Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they're both in Harry Potter at later stages. But uh, I think that's more to do with the fact that Harry Potter series mined almost the entirety of the British I would, acting mm-hmm. guild. It's so Agreed. funny you say that because I said to my friend yesterday that same fact, and she said, "Well, it's just British fact, uh, British actors, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. total dismissal." Like... Hugh Grant. <laughs> True. No, he's not. No, he could have made a great Severus Snape. Surprisingly, <laughs> uh, Hugh Grant would have been a good. Um, I can never remember his name. The... Lockhart. Gilderoy Lockhart. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love Kenneth Branagh, so I wouldn't want to change it, but mm-hmm. uh, he would have made a good Lockhart. Yeah. Jess, did you have anything to say about the, the turkey curry buffet? Well, just that I was... Okay, again, so this was the first scene. I was very much thinking, this is... I'm not going to like this. And then I instantly... Um, just like the cutting brutality of the first scene, when she's like... <laughs> No one's going to like you if you look like you just came from Auschwitz. <laughs> and I was just so like, awful. God, it's awful. Oh. Yeah. I was like, what? Like, I honestly felt like I had to stop it and be like, what did, what did she just say? And there's that part again where um, Mr. Darcy says, um, or, you know, why would I like the... I said she smokes like a chimney. Yeah. She drinks, drinks like a fish. fish yeah. And yeah, what's the, what's the next part of it, though? I did write it down, but... Um, gonna make lots of noises where's where's curtains or something i can't remember oh it's just so brutal carpet or something no no she mentions a carpet i don't know what it is but it's it's brutal isn't it yeah i'm gonna really enjoy hearing your visions about all your your thoughts about this it's gonna be fantastic um so i just was i was like i don't know what i was expecting but the outfits comment straight away i was like whoa we're we're not in 2023 are we (laughs) i've got a couple of um personal favorites from uh um her mum Oh, yeah, her mum's a great she's, so she's brilliant. Um, but also the smoking, oh. you know, you see it straight away mm-hmm. in yeah. the house. But it's it's pervasive, isn't it? It's yeah. everywhere. So much There's smoking smoke. everywhere. I felt like I could smell the scenes where it's yeah. just so much smoking. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I mean, we talk about being a time capsule. I, I feel like this, a, this mm. film reflects that time. <laughs> but maybe even slightly before that time, because I don't remember that that many people smoking in 2001 I mean it's it's every single person basically is lighting up in almost every scene yeah there's you know they're in pubs and restaurants in offices everywhere Everywhere. they're just smoking maybe we just industry well maybe we just life in London we just took it for granted that that's what people did back then it's funny isn't it you mentioned the time capsule thing because in my mind 
I'm still young. And in my mind, this film was made three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then you reminded. In my I, mind, you're still young. <clears throat> thank you. Well, yeah, mentally, you are still young. Mm-hmm. You're reminded when you see things and you go to moving on to Bridget's flat, who we see her. Yeah. Um, and she um, she's in a flat watching a big old TV and she answers the home phone. And mm. you think, ah, not modern. Yeah. Yeah. There's me thinking it's it's not that old, is it? Because a couple of years ago. That's clearly not. No, that's me. So yeah, but one of my comments, the early comments with a huge exclamation mark after it is smoking. I mean, mm. it's just it's yeah, it's crazy <clears> how much there is. Um, I also wanted to reference how big her, the kitchen in her flat is. Oh, it's always the way though, isn't it? All these films, they always have like impossible flats, and no one could ever really yeah. afford. The that. classic is Friends, right? How yeah. do those three, well, six people without jobs afford those enormous flats in New York? But I, yeah. I feel like the same in London. Like she yeah. lives somewhere in central london and she's got actually quite a nice flat yeah i won't there is if you want to go look on imdb someone actually says there's no way she could afford this mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and kind of prices it up yeah uh and then there's a geographical error because i think they she has she her house is here and she runs around the corner at the end and she's two miles away or something but the person they were a fun sponge the person writing this it, yeah. <laughs> you're missing the point yeah <laughs> so we'll skip forward a little bit and we obviously we meet basically her friends and some of the other supporting characters. Um, but then we also, we have the the first sort of interaction with her and Hugh Grant's character, oh, Daniel. Oh no, can I go back? Yeah, I actually of course. Because they're all by myself element. Yeah. Two things. Just one, that that is the most fantastic opening scene that I've, I adored it. I just loved how she acted it. But secondly, the di- do you know when she weighs herself and she's like, dear diary, mm-hmm. action's going to be made. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she weighs herself, I didn't even notice this. I was watching it with my boyfriend. And my boyfriend said, wait, she weighs nine and a half stone. So when she's doing her kind of, I need to lose weight, blah, yeah. blah. She weighs nine and a half stone, which is nothing. And I yeah. just remember thinking, oh, yeah, again, we're in 2001. <laughs> 2023 is not... Yeah. That same scene would probably not happen it just again. Wouldn't. No, it which is happen. interesting. There's uh, a lot of this film that wouldn't get made. I think. Yeah, which again is it's 2001, but I remember at the time thinking, oh, interesting, <laughs> wouldn't happen again. Mm-hmm. The only thing I wanted to say about the scene in the office when they're sending the emails back and forth is that the email, at least the first email, appears like the text in Mother in Alien. <laughs> it appears letter by letter rather yeah. than... Like how an email actually works. Do you think it? Do you think it yeah, ever did that? Do you think it ever did that? So no, again, no. Maybe it's no. not. A te- maybe it's like a Slack or a Teams kind of thing, though. No. Maybe it's a really. Old... This is two thousand one. What it appears been... as real time as the other person's yeah, typing. Maybe two thousand one was. <laughs> it's an email. Is it an email or is it some message? No, she references it on it. She references it email. Yeah, okay. she, she does says call it an email. Yeah. yeah. And I just like it because, you know, we talked about Mother and the Alien episode and how, like, that would never happen. Yeah. And then, like, a few weeks later, we realise it does happen. You're right, because she does, she gets an email and this enormous kind of pulsating icon in the corner says, yeah. "You imagine that today, I get my 50 a day. <laughs> it's the most annoying. Thing. Yeah, and you don't read any of them. No, I mean, I delete no, I almost all of my emails. Is that why you never respond at work? <laughs> oh, no, they found out. <laughs> um, anything else about The Office? Uh, just except to say that in 2001, a lot of my comments are going to seem really That's snide fine. and really kind of... Um, oh, That's what we're here for. That's normally me who does that, so go for it. But yeah. again, do they not have HR in 2001 in that office? Like, what is going on there? I don't think it mattered. It does matter. I just couldn't enjoy it. I honestly, it no, impacted no. my enjoyment. When I say that, I think I think people thought it didn't matter. Uh, yes. Right? Because 
it's it's horrendous, isn't it? So yeah, I mean, you referenced being it was a better time, two thousand one. Actually, it wasn't. Well, it's interesting. I was gonna make, <laughs> I was gonna make the point that it's kind of it's gonna be hard to talk about some of this without being overly political or correct or, or yeah. not talking or, or sort of miss parts out because we're trying to avoid them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we we can't. I mean, they use the word puff. Mm. Yes. A yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that was and something like, I was going to flag. I, I was like, oh my God, you can't say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's really... It's well, really in fact, they don't use the word gay. No. No. They don't. You're it's right. exclusively puff. Do you know what? It is interesting because I remember when we used to go through books, analyse books, the person leading it would also say, you know, they would point out there are some elements here that are just not, just do not fly, you know. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, not, yeah. it's not, but it's almost like to discuss something, you have to discuss it, acknowledge it, and mm-hmm. then still kind of place that in one corner acknowledge it say yeah it's not really it's not yeah. great but then kind of kind of still continue to discuss yeah. because else you just wouldn't discuss anything except made in that current time yeah. period mm-hmm. so. no exactly right it's, it's yeah. like sort of I, I mean you've expressed it perfectly but it, from in my head it's like dismissing kipling because he was british in india mm. and all of the stuff the british did in india and i'm sure kipling was probably um part of that <laughs> yeah he wrote a few good poems he did he was a bit of a yeah yeah can we talk briefly about tits pervert <laughs> on this subject? Because yeah, I would just want to get it out of the way. Yeah. I mean, I think his character is hilarious because it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the way he keeps calling her Brenda. It's just, yeah. it's, it's awful. And the way he very obviously averts his eyes, mm-hmm. um, as described by Bridget. Yeah. Um, but it's like, <laughs> I'm not going to do it because no one can see it, but okay. he talks to her, finishes his line, and then just his eyes go down. <laughs> yeah, immediately... His head, his head angle is yeah. noticeably different. And it's her nickname as well. But I have to say on the same kind of strand of just what am I watching on yeah. some things was how we are introduced to one of the romantic characters. So with the notion being that he is a viable option mm-hmm. by him putting his hand on her ass in the lift. That yeah. scene, like, I, my jaw dropped. Yeah. I was like, what? I know. <laughs> I was like, what? And so this is, this is the, the beginning of the romance. Mm. Like... What? <laughs> I just, I just could not. I so just could not. I had the same feeling. Yeah. And I was like, okay, in an effort to kind of process what's going on here, like, well, how is this okay? How is, is, is all of the flirting that they've done in the emails, is that enough from her point of view to make it okay? No, no. never in a million no. trillion zillion million okay. years. Okay. Like, we- ask her out on a date. Okay. Oh, well, he does afterwards. I know, but... <laughs> it normally is you a- ask someone on the lift and then you touch them up in the lift. Yeah. I find, okay. you know. Okay, so in my right experience... Order. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Okay. It feels like the right order. All right, good. I'm glad you set everyone straight on that. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to behave at work now. <laughs> but before we move on, yeah. it's like watching a carry-on film. Mm. You know, it's like watching carry-on camping where you've got that sort of base of just filth and it's all double entendres at the start and it's there's just basically sexual harassment yeah yeah you know right who, out of the game you know who's her word the worst is uncle jeffrey uncle oh, jeffrey is just but you know i was talking to dan about this as i was keeping saying i talking to my various <clears throat> friends because it's watched this film and it has so many faults and i was saying you know just what are romantic comedies and i had two faults of one which is Romantic comedies are not really about romance, but they're more about drama. Like, it's because really, what something perfectly romantic and what we should, you know, the aspire to mm. should be two people meet each other, they are kind to each other, good chemistry, yeah. they fall in love. 
you know yeah, it's not interesting rom-coms have to just they and the amount of like every single partner in here every single relationship involves some sort of cheating oh. <laughs> like, I... it's just there's nothing romantic really about it um but also yeah the point that was made was that yeah obviously it, there is this kind of surreal he introduces the romantic partner by the hand on her ass but cupping the cup, it's almost yeah. cupping isn't it but also she is the hero you know so she still is she still is the hero and we are seeing it through the mm. we do see he's a bit slimy so mm. it, it's not like it's okay so mm. i think that kind yeah, yeah. of it's kind I of mean, a little bit of a counter like i the the moment we first see daniel when the lift doors open and he's standing there mm. That's the only moment in the film in which I liked him. What about when he falls in the in the river and his shirt? No, it's, that's, that's the worst bit. Funny. No, it's pretty funny. That's, and he's pretty hot. That, for me, that's the worst bit. Yeah. I hate him so much at that bit. Really? Yeah. Like, what an absolute that's... bleepity bleep. That part, and we'll get onto it, is yeah. um, kind of analogous of the, the bit in Pride and Prejudice when mm. Darcy comes out of the water. Uh, okay. Mm. He's even got a shirt on. He's kind of stuck to him. Mm. Yeah. He's quite, quite buff there. Actually, I, I, I think thought. it's the only time I've ever thought Hugh Grant was good looking. Well, no, I think from so, a from a like appearance perspective, yeah. that's fine. But from a like character perspective, I couldn't have hated him more. I love how he's still got the cigarette in his yeah, mouth. Broken. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we skipped ahead. Yeah. Um, I wanted to briefly talk about. Well, we kind of referenced it in the in the opening of the podcast with the way she keeps saying Chechnya. I just, um, and actually interestingly, Chechnya is sort of still in the news 22 years later. Fabulous. Well done, everybody. I also wanted to say that, um, you know, she's, she's advised to, when introducing people, introduce them with interesting snippets about their life in a weird way, in one of those, things I take from films I try and do that I mean I don't always do it I don't introduce people very often but I do if I know that I'm I've got to introduce someone later on and I will try and figure out should we have a practice pretend that you're introducing me and Andy to each other no go on you just said there's something you try and do no no because I literally I (laughs) was thinking about it because he'll reveal how he does it when you're not there (laughs) and that's not something you want to hear also I might reveal things about you guys that you might not want to be in a public forum you know, God, I know I know things about you guys. Yeah, if it was interesting, gosh, well now well, now we need to understand what Jesse's definition of <laughs> interesting is. Mine was. This is Jess, and she's not seen Bridget Jones's diary. Yeah, well, oh, I've got to change it now. The pressure you must be feeling for all the times you're introducing me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's easy. To, it's easy to fix. This is Jess. She has now seen Bridget Jones's diary. There we go. Yeah. Thank God. Thank yeah. you. We can okay. rest we're easy. All, we're all good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then uh, we are going to, oh yeah, move on to the um, the book launch, which is quite an extended scene in one in one location. So I've got a f- couple of things to say, but I think Andy, you also have one a couple of things you want to say about it. Yeah, it is a small thing, which That's is what lucky, we're really. Um, Salman Rushdie. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention. <laughs> so it's like people speaking to him are scared of his intelligence, so don't know. I generally had to talk to him. So we see when Bridget first goes up to talk to him, she clearly is tongue-tied, doesn't know what to say, but there are a couple of people who are engaged with him. Mm-hmm. And she ends up fumbling it and just asking where the loos are. Yeah. Right? And he's like, huh? Shrugs his shoulders. Later on, I think, is it Daniel who, yeah. who says... <laughs> also asks him where the loos are. And, and at this point, he knows. He does know, yes. so many people have asked him where the loos are because <laughs> they don't know how to talk to Salman Rushdie. So he just... <laughs> 
That's a good fact. I didn't think of it like that. It's but really yeah, good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Also, Bridget Jones is terrible at a job. Terrible. Well, see, it's that's Fitz Herbert's fault because it's not his job. It's not her job. She's she's not there to for public speaking. It's anyway. Again, I do have to say though, do you know when she wears the top, which is like see through? Yeah. I was like, yeah. To be fair, probably should go home and get changed. Yeah. Probably isn't. It isn't appropriate. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm going to go off on a massive tangent, if I may, because it reminds me of a story that my grandmother used to tell about when she used to work at the department store Owen Owen. So this is years and years ago, like way before I was born, possibly even before my mum was born. But anyway, back in the day, women used to wear a slip underneath their skirt. Okay, so she got on the lift in Owen Owen, starting a day of work. Her boss got in. Other colleagues are in the lift as well. And the boss said, look, everybody, look at Jenny. Look how well she's dressed today. I think you all should, you know, like take a, a page out of her book. And then the boss got off and she was like, oh, you know, she felt so proud of herself. She sort of padded herself down until her hands got to her skirt. She realized she wasn't wearing a skirt. She just had her slip on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah she she was ahead of the curve she rushed home <laughs> you, you would would you not yes. that's like the equivalent of getting to work now and realising yeah. you just haven't got jeans on <laughs> or something that's more yeah. you know mm. so a couple of things about the party it's the first moment maybe not the first but one of the first moments where this film is I think, I'm particularly bad at this everyone seems to know everyone mm. like how does Perpetua know whatever her name is, Natasha or whatever, like Darcy's assistant. And how, like, like just everybody knows everyone. And it's all like Darcy and Cleaver know each other and keep bumping into each other all the time. Yeah. And, and they just happen to go, when they go to the country, there's only four people in the hotel that aren't <laughs> part of the wedding. And it happens to be Darcy and... I'm going to play the Pride and Prejudice card there. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Fine. So just to, it's a smaller so world. Darcy is is literally based on Darcy. Okay. In Pride and Prejudice, yeah. and um, Cleaver is based largely on Wickham. Okay. And they have um, a similar relationship. Um, so the the lead actress, or sorry, the lead actress, the lead our protagonist believes that Wickham is the good guy, Darcy mm. is the bad guy, mm. and actually it's the other way around for very similar reasons. Spoilers for Pride and Prejudice. That kind of thread goes through the whole thing right. and there's a little point Fine. so I think yes it is stupid it's quite a Richard Curtis thing to do as well loads of Richard Curtis movies have tons of different characters who know each other very for various small reasons. worlds yeah, yeah okay but I think it just works for the characters they're trying to be yeah. can I add to that as well because it's a point that I think the other thing that rom-coms do which is my reason that I um, I do like some but the reason I get frustrated is because it feels like they always miss out an hour of the story and that hour is normally the reason that you should believe they're in love. Mm-hmm. So when does Mr. Dar like so he they have this one meeting after they haven't seen each other since they were what eight? I yeah, think eight and four. Yeah. And then um, and then he sees her at this party talking to another guy, and he, and he's like, what what's happened in between these time periods? I I don't. It's not totally. I'm not totally having to suspend belief. He sees her as interest has peaked, but. There, it just feels like to me, like. But I think when... I, I think maybe it's he likes her despite of her, you know, in, because because she's useless at the public speaking and all of the things that he says that she's 
<laughs> he likes her the way she is. Yeah. Like, he's drawn to her because of those things, almost. You know, it's like... This is what I mean. Like, they give me just enough for me to be mm. able to say, yeah, okay. Like, I'll I'll accept that. But, um... I would like rom I would like would like rom coms to make me care about the relationships more. Okay, noted. Yeah. Noted. I will. If you I ever will... want to write a rom com. Yep. Good. Andy, same goes to you. I'm sorry, I feel myself. I'm ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm such. I know that maybe you're expecting more rom com love no. from me, but um. No, no, this is yeah. good. One other thing about the party, um, the author of Kafka's Motorbike, right? He doesn't get mentioned. He doesn't get mentioned. It's not on the book cover. His name's not on the book cover. He doesn't get a, a shout out at the launch. But they show him, right? But they show him multiple he times. Just looks utterly He's, dismayed. Yeah. With that. And Cleaver basically says, doesn't he? Is like the the worst book ever written or something like that. And she has that really funny response of like, "Yes, we went for a different slogan." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about tomorrow? No, tomorrow's the launch. Oh yes, of course. Possibly the worst book ever published. <laughs> Well, in the end, that's not the headline we've gone for. All right, let's let's plow on. Um, few things happen, but then we sort of we meet um, Bridget's mum at the uh, at the department store. I love the scene. I mean, these aren't really small things. I just wanted to talk about it. Um, firstly, the product she's selling, mm-hmm. the habit oof. Yeah. I wrote it down. It's the Wisecrack Egg Peeler. It's a great name. Yeah. Nice play on oof. Yeah. Um, French for eggs, obviously. Um, and then Bridget Mum, they have a conversation. Obviously, she's no longer demonstrating the habit oof. Um, and they're talking um, about something. But Bridget, <laughs> Bridget's mum says um, about kids. Given my chance again, I'm not sure I'd have any <laughs> to her daughter. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I love Bridget's mum. I have a real soft spot for Bridget's mum. Like, I feel I kind of have zero anger in my heart that she kind of goes off and has this romance with the jewellery seller, Julian. Um, I quite enjoy that for her. Yeah, which is not a popular opinion, maybe. No, no, I think she's a fantastic character. And we do meet Julian for the first time there, and um, what a guy. I mean, I'm very... I love the dad. I do love the dad, too, but I just love that she has her moment. Okay. I'm very conventional. I tell the line of the film. I flipping hate both of them. Really? <laughs> Her mum and Julian. Oh, Julian, yeah. I mean, Julian oh, is... Oh, God. Yeah. But I love all the moments he has, like, when you meet him for the first time and he's like... I can't, he says something like, lovely earrings, wearable in any event. Or well, okay, so why is everyone in this film so mean? Everyone is mean. Except for... Is London. He, London. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm. Probably the, maybe the smoking? <laughs> Maybe it can be an anti-smoking. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just you know they're really cranky and need a, need of another cigarette. Uh, I did love the um, the first time we see the shopping channel and Julian's talking about the earrings, the fact that they're um, genuine diamante and made of mock gold, and they're a measure a centimeter. <laughs> it's so accurate though. It's such. A, I mean, obviously, it's uh, you know he's aping on the shopping channels a little yeah. bit, but it they, this is exactly what they do. I quite like watching the shopping channel, ironically, because it's terrible television and I laugh at it. Um, and it's got it down to a T, it's brilliant. Yeah, Yeah, I love the facial expressions of the mum when she's like doing the smiling and she's yeah. Just holding her hands, presenting and things like that. Very good. I wanted to talk <clears throat> briefly about the, um, the Tarts and Vickers party. And I yeah, think you did as well, did, Jess. Yeah. 
What did you want to say? Uh, just that my favourite kind of small stuff moment is 100% Aunt Shirley. Like, <laughs> this woman kind of creeping behind the bushes. Like, yeah. oh, poor Aunt Shirley. She also in, her, in her fishnets. Isn't yeah, it? it's beautiful. I mean, there's a lot to love about the scene. The yeah. outfit is great. Um, but also, I like how, you know, it's her and the dad who's also forgotten her mm-hmm. dad. Mm-hmm. Because they draw lots of parallels the whole time between her and her dad. I think yeah. her dad's meant to almost be her kind of her, her mirror yeah um but i also do love that he's another actor who was in harry potter mm-hmm. that's right so, um, mm-hmm. they do talk about um he does point out that bernard yes has also not been told <laughs> he kind of pops out from the bush dressed as a bishop i love bernard <laughs> so good so, and then uncle jeffrey weird again oh, just so awful. weird uncle jeffrey, oh. well and it was intentional on jeffrey's part i think he intentionally didn't tell um bridget mm-hmm. and yeah. her dad that the party had changed so I hate the way people react to her in the in the costume. Like, it's not that weird. It's just not. This party was going to be a Tarts and Vickers party and then they changed it. Yeah. So it is not weird that people have shown up in yeah. in the the wrong dress. So I hate the way like everyone that's staring at her and you know it's just again it goes back to i just don't like the way people are mean in this film and, and everyone is mean to her it's rom-coms those because they need to, to some extent older ones but like they need they need a bit of they need the tension so some people mm. got to be got to be mean mm. yeah then the guy I, gets to come in and rescue and i think you know they are all of an older generation um that's not to say i mean they all would have known it was a tarts and vickers yeah. thing yeah. I like when the auntie says to the woman who didn't forget, it's like, yeah. oh, don't worry, so-and-so didn't forget. Yeah. <laughs> ah, Bridget, there you are. Don't worry, you're not the only one. This is Penny. Geoffrey didn't get in touch with her either. I'm sorry? I was just saying, Geoffrey didn't contact you either to tell you that the Tarts and Vickers concept had gone out of the window. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, right. Lovely dress. Very exotic. <laughs> she's going to come up she's going to come up later on yeah, that's penny husband's bosworth oh i just love it i really it's enjoy on it on a blackman isn't on it on a blackman yeah. yeah famous for playing pussy galore mm-hmm. in uh, goldfinger um, absolutely fabulous name of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's move on a little bit i'm seeing where we are okay yeah um so then bridget goes back um and wants to see a friendly face so goes to daniel's place um yeah, finds Lara. Yeah, just to rag on Daniel Cleaver, as if we haven't done it enough, his speech about Lara as the why, like, oh. almost like he's cho- cho- choosing her over Bridget, is the worst. I know. You mean in the office later yeah. on when he's yeah. sort of saying... it's like, ooh, and she's so young. And it's just like the worst. An American <laughs> and confident. Yes, it's like, what, what are you, just what, like, is... Yeah, I, I <laughs> love the bit when you discover her for the first time, and she's... <laughs> I just like the idea. I'm imagining like that being a reality. You've dated someone for a few times, and then you open a door, and there is a literal model kind of sat there, also doing the whole sexy secretary with the bath. With is it like a portfolio? Yeah, it's like some kind of newspaper or something. She's happened to me. (laughs) Happened to all of us, I'm sure. Go on. No, it hasn't. I, I just, I was, oh, you I was, had a serious look on your face. Slightly put out by the way you laughed. Have we? I mean, has do you know anyone who's no. got home to finding a model sat in their bathtub? Let me have a think. Um, Except no, for I don't think it's happened to me. It's certainly not happened to me. However, you you bring up the portfolio, and I'm going to go back to Pride and Prejudice mm-hmm. here. It's uh, Pemberley Press. Ah, uh, Pemberley Pemberley is Darcy's estate in okay. Pride and Prejudice. Right, I'm mm. seeing a pattern. No, mm. Told you. Now. 
Yeah. Also, actually, the first thing is she should have known that he was distracted by the fact that his first words to her were, wow, you look great. That was Daniel's first mistake. Mm. Rookie. She's, yeah. What am I missing? Well, because she's dressed as she's got her great outfit on. Yeah. And he doesn't say you look nice. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was strike number uno. Yeah. Numero uno. Well, you mentioned it a minute ago, Andy, when he's he's going through the, the list of reasons why he, Lara is the right one for him. He's trying to rationalise it yeah. so badly. Um, they're engaged? What? Yeah. It's not... I, it's not mm. normal to have this, like, torrid affair with Bridget and then well, so also to be engaged. But so does Mr. Darcy. And Mr. Darcy is meant to be the nice guy. He's meant to be yeah. the, the one we want her to end up with. But even him with poor Natasha. Yes. Like, even Natasha thinks she's found someone who he, she loves and is happy with. Is this a... I thought you... No, I thought you called her poor Natasha. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, that's a bit harsh. No, she plays. This, she played Miss Honey in Matilda. I could never. Okay, she right. did. Yeah. Don't think of. Don't think of her that way. I spent the whole time looking at her, like, how do I? How do I know you? <laughs> Bridget decides to turn her life around at that point, and she there's a montage of her on an exercise bike and and other such things. I do love Bridget because I. Do you know what? There is something that is. I mean, obviously, I can't speak for all of women, but there is something just so relatable about her in just in a very kind of female way like this frenzy of like I don't know when she was on the bike I just really just loved her um, the commitment also, to turning her life around and but yeah I mean it is great and I think part of the reason Bridget Jones probably was so popular was because I remember as well growing up like Bridget Jones was like oh it's the first people used to talk about it as if it was like the first very female through the eyes of the of the mm-hmm. woman mm-hmm. Yeah, rom-com um, and I can totally see why, you know, she is, she is quite real in many ways, which I love. But the thing that I wanted to bring up was when she replaces the book with women who love men are mad. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved it so much. Um, and also when she's walking past the signs and it's like day two or so, oh, I can't remember mm-hmm. if it's got a day, it was like have replaced uh, food with sex. Yeah. I thought it was the funniest uh, line. I just, this was going back a while when she was mm. first with Daniel, yeah, but yeah. Um, made me laugh so much. Then she resigns. Uh, you wanted to say something about that as well, Jess? Uh, just that uh, when she resigns in Perpetua, who's this kind of slightly annoying character, but it's like, I will fire you if you give up one piece. Oh, I can't yeah. one inch. <laughs> and I love her for that moment. I love... She's like, like she gives her like a little proud kind of look yeah. like when, when she delivers the killer line. Yeah, and I love that That's films great. have created these moments of like these badass kind of gotcha moments. It's like the in the coming of age when the guy hits his bully for the first time and... Do you know what I mean? Like those moments mm. where someone really gets the payoff. Um, George, George McFly punching yes, exactly. mm-hmm. Biff. Yeah. Exactly the same brand, yeah. you know, yeah. that I, I do love moments like that in a, mm-hmm. in a film. So she goes to work for um, Sit Up Britain. The boss of Sit Up Britain is not brilliant, but he's really funny. So because and specifically when just before the like what is it bonfire night stuff and they're all at the fire engines he goes at the fire stations he goes poised for tragedy (laughs) he's he's desperate for something bad to happen (laughs) the thing is right so they sit up britain is kind of obviously is a parody of there's no TV show or news network has ever been like that. But actually, thinking back, do you remember The Big Breakfast mm-hmm. on Channel 4? Yes. That had sit-up Britain vibes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, it was... Obviously, it's a similar-ish time. I think Big Brother was a little earlier than yeah. that. But it was obviously... It does kind of 
brings us back to when that kind of thing was quite big in Britain, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, you had FHM magazine, you had Maxim, all that kind of lads mags thing going yeah. on. And this stuff was funny. Um, so it kind of ties in well with the timescales, but man. No one gets sacked for shagging the boss. Yeah. <laughs> That's a point of principle, I think he says at one point. Yeah, and I love it was the kind of the, the hand gesture as well. Yeah. It was just the whole thing was beautifully scripted, yeah. really. He's a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> we need to go and talk about the um, the dinner party at Magda's with all of the married couples. They're the worst people. Mm. Aren't they the worst people? Truly, truly. Because my thing is just the facial expressions they make. There's one specific couple, which I cannot, I can't even find the correct words to describe how irritating the facial expressions that every single couple makes is. But you can just yeah. imagine walking into that room and just turning around innocently. Yeah. It's They're awful. just immediately judgmental. You wonder how the director has said, "I want you to act. Don't you need? Don't need to say anything, <laughs> right?" And, Bridget's going to come in and I'm going to pan the camera around your face and you need to look disdainful, hateful, sorry for her. Like <laughs> yeah. she's a tragic figure, yeah. you know. Still looking down on her though. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then this guy at the end with the crazy hair, I want you to tell her how to fix her life. Hey, Bridge, how's your love life? Oh. <laughs> Still going out with that publishing, Charlie? Uh, no, no. Right. Never dip your nib in the office ink. <laughs> <laughs> right. You really ought to hurry up and get sprogged up, you know, old girl. Times are running out. TikTok. What an ass. Yeah, that guy at the end was it was really clever writing in the way that you are just you feel for Bridget so much. You're just like, ugh. So I have it's gonna I was gonna reference these guys in the Monsieur Mendel Award, but um their names are Cosmo and Wony. <laughs> just the name. best the best slash worst names that mm-hmm. has ever been. Uh, Darcy is equally uncomfortable in that yeah. company, yeah. which I love. I love that the way they do that. I love again as well. So the bit, the big romantic kind of moment between them. They have different ones, but mm-hmm. the turning point, if we will, is when he says, "I love you just the way you are. Yeah. I like you it just the yeah. way you are," which is a lovely comment. But then you also remember that this poor, or not porn, poor Natasha, um, <laughs> who I think they kind of try and make her less real by making all of her dialogue somehow law related and boring but also she's fairly horrible like she says at one point it's funny what people find attractive and like she's not very but nice. again that's right that's i see that as kind of writing where it's like well we we need mr darcy yeah. to be the likable one so we can't make his girlfriend nice because yeah. else he's just mm-hmm. uh we you know because else he's just not we don't yeah, want yeah. bridget and him to get together so mm. even in this big moment and when she runs down the stairs and says oh you're coming back up Mr. Darcy kind of rolls his eyes like, oh, well, my you know, girlfriend, you I'm know trying why? to confess because my she, love. she clicks her fingers at him. Yeah, mm. but again, it's like, also, yeah, she may be clicking your fingers. You're confessing your love to another woman. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, st- you're still not the good it's, guy here. It's, it's a fair point. <laughs> I, I feel like he's been pressured into that marriage or yeah. that, that that relationship, yeah. I should say, at that point. I think there's mm. some expectation from his parents. But again, it's true. It's a that's, true point. that goes back to the hour of the film that they won't show us yeah. about... Mm-hmm. why the two leads do love each other and why you know the others aren't right for them. But I do think you're right in the sense that you, you do get enough hints to suggest it's more a, yeah. a mm. relationship of convenience. Yeah, the is. dinner party later on. And actually yeah. they drip feed it, don't they? Like they do, You don't they find do. that out until the yeah. the ruby wedding party later I on. I did just find the eye, the eye roll so funny. <laughs> oh, so one of my comments um, 
and I had to rewatch it to remember because I'd what I'd written it down the first time I watched it. I had to rewatch it to kind of remember what I meant. But Colin Firth's face acting in this film is so good because there's that scene when you know she's at the top of the stairs clicking her fingers and he's like really reserved he's just confessed his love in the most profound way he's able to and then he's like oh um, i gotta yeah yeah i gotta i gotta go but he does it all with his face yeah and it's just so good colin firth is fantastic yeah i mean i think he's the mvp of this film he's he's so he's so good and uh, i'm pride and prejudice yeah He's so Mr. Darcy. He's basically the same character. Right. The way the way he he won't say anything. Right. He's too proud to say anything that will um, diminish his position or yeah. put other people down. Yeah. So he doesn't. He'd rather just let people make their own yeah, yeah. Um, conclusions. And he does it so well in that. And um, yeah, he does. He does another similar kind of good face acting when um, at the Ruby wedding party and. She's like, oh, we're, we're, we need to get started with the announcements or whatever. Mm. Uh, after Bridget has just said, I like you just as you are. And he goes, crikey. Yeah, you can see. <laughs> and then he has to go again. Yeah, it is good. And it's just really good. He's he's great. Taking the advantage to uh, bring things back to Mamma Mia, here we go again. Because he is in, he is in Mamma Mia, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Colin Firth. Mm-hmm. Again, fantastic facial ex- uh, expressions in that. He's so. He's so good. Yeah. Before we move on, yeah. from that, there aren't, as far as I'm concerned, there aren't many high-level audio clips for Audio Corner. Okay. So I'm going to kind of say one of my main, okay. it might even be my choice yeah. right now. And just after he said his, his speech, which is pretty funny and touching, um, they clip into um, Someone Like You by Van Morrison. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, really good. Absolutely perfect. Really good needle drop. Great song, but oh, so well-timed. I did like this. I have to say, actually, one thing I was thinking of. So recently... <clears throat> Um, on my Instagram, I got a kind of comedy reel, which was essentially taking kind of, what's the word, deconstructing or just taking the piss really out of films where they build up weird, unique qualities of a character just so that later that in the speech where the person reveals their love for them, they can be like, I love it. I love the way you never tie your shoelaces. I love the way that you kind of smile at the sun, you know. And so it's like how they developed. And I did think of that mm-hmm. in that speech. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, there it is. Yeah. Let's uh, barrel forward a little bit to um, the prolonged scene at Bridges Flat when she's cooking for her friends on her birthday, which is kind of weird. But I've only got a very brief point I wanted to make. Um, she talks about Julian's foul temper and they clip to Julian and there's some woman doing his nails and he's she obviously does something to make him uncomfortable and he just shouts at her, careful you ham-fisted cat. I <laughs> <laughs> didn't click on anything at that time. He's so horrible. He's what? a vile man. Because my point was not really a small stuff, it's just that the character of the mum I find really sympathetic mm. um, because... You know, I know I'm going to our work now, but the amount of women we meet who actually are quite, kind of say quite similar things. And then she ends up with this guy who's really just quite mean to her. Mm-hmm. And, and as much as she not, should not have left her husband, um, just, you know, when she's phoning up quite desperately wanting to talk to her daughter and her yeah. daughter's like, not now. But then yeah. the mum also did call mm. on her birthday. So it's 50-50. Well, but... And also her mum literally earlier in the year said... I probably wouldn't have children yeah. if I could do it all over again. So I don't feel like the the mum deserves a lot of sympathy at this no, point. It's true. The mum's a complex character, but yeah. my heart does go out to her. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, I completely agree. I think you know they, they there's just not enough time. It's quite a short film. Mm. They pack a lot in. There's just not enough time to explore her in the way 
you don't really need to because I think it helps the pointiness of the character. But yeah. clearly, their relationship, she's she's tired of it. Jim Broadbent is perhaps not making the effort that he, he should do. Um, and she wants a bit of fun in her old yeah. age. And, I did find and, it touching when they mm. when they come back. Like, I really... Oh, my that, heart, scene is, that scene is effective. Definitely. Yeah, I thought that... I really liked that scene. Mm. My heart my heart was moved. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to talk about when Mark shows up, Darcy shows up, and he helps her with the cooking. It's an entertaining scene. But th- that, for me, is the, the bit of the film, the rom-com that's mm. missing. That's when... They yeah. connect and they that's the, the shortcut to the True. that hour and of the that film. And that's the scene was, in which I like the friends for the first time. Yeah. And I also <laughs> love the way they have their own little in-jokes because he's like, oh, I'm I'm sieving the gravy. And he goes, oh, just stir it, Uno, or something like that. <laughs> and, and a reference to the conversation that yeah. her mum and aunt had. And when all know, the friends the do the toast and they say to them, just the way you are, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's all very cute. It yeah. is cute. But then it all goes horribly wrong because uh, Daniel shows up. Yeah, I'm going to use the word wanker a lot I, because I they the right say word. wanker a couple of times. Are we allowed to say that on this podcast? But he calls okay. him Mark Wanker Darcy. <laughs> there's, a, there's another use of the word wanker, which I like. I'm going to say it then again. Um, but that was funny. This is just going to be a blur of beeps. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'll have to have a word with the editor of the podcast. I have to I Google. Have, yeah. Can you say wanker in the podcast? Stop. Keep. You're making it worse. Oh, I know, I know. Um, We've committed now. We need yeah, to double absolutely. down. Um, we're just quoting dialogue. Okay. And again, oh, Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, go on. Should I bring my dueling pistols or my sword? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so, obviously, he's taking the mic. Because Darcy's trying to be all correct. And yeah. Let's take it outside. And, yeah. And, you know. Daniel takes that opportunity to twist the knife. Mm. Oh, look at him. He's so prim and proper. Yeah. But um, the fight is amazing. He gets what's coming, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, really. I do love that. But I didn't actually say I wanted to say, but I do want to quickly say about the fight that I love and I'm totally not comprehending why the friend runs into the restaurant and says, there's a fight. Yeah. (laughs) A real fight. Yeah. Um, I just love it. I can't imagine. Imagine it's your birthday. (laughs) Two guys are dating, start fighting. You're probably really stressed. And then your friend runs into the closest (laughs) restaurant and says, there's a fight. (laughs) What are you doing? This. Oh, Christ, not again. Fight. Funny part is the waiters come out and yeah. they start. <laughs> and they need a bit of excitement, those they waiters. Yeah. I love the way Colin Firth, when they're singing Happy Birthday, goes, Oh, what, what's his name? <laughs> that whole scene, like, like they apologize when they're thrown onto tables. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, so I'll pay for that. And he tries to dab some food off his. <laughs> It's so good. It's so British. It's the I most know. British fight scene of mm. all time. And they bring the cake out and they stop and sing it and they don't know his name and uh, all sorts of things. Apparently it was, I mean, obviously some of it wasn't, but the main bit on the street was improvised. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you can't, can kind of tell, can't yeah. you? It wasn't choreographed, that's for but, sure. But, but brilliantly well done because that's yeah. the sort of way two middle-aged men would fight because who, it, who don't really know how to anymore. Yes, exactly. Anymore. <laughs> when he says, the, uh, you had enough or something like that, and then he's like, no, it just gets this great punch in. Um, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. awesome. And it ends. Um, and as it ends, Daniel Cleaver says, wanker, yeah. under his breath. And then he deals in the sucker punch. And that, it looks agony. That punch is, we mentioned it earlier, it's George McFly-esque. It is. Mm-hmm. Even like the finish position yeah. after the punch is very... Um... Yeah, it's a real moment of... Cause I think you're slightly aware, even though you're told that 
this is the way around. I think you're starting as the audience to think, oh, I think there's something wrong mm-hmm. here. I don't I don't think that Mr. Darcy would have done that. And I think Daniel Cleaver, the man who mm-hmm. touches his uh, employee's ass in the lips, yeah. is probably much more likely to have been the scoundrel. 100%. So. Yeah. Scoundrel. Mm. So that's interesting because that's kind of the twist of the film, isn't it? Yeah. To a certain extent. So you were, you were kind of believing the, the, Darcy was the bad guy. I don't know and, until that moment. I think, I think because it's one of those films where you know there's going to be a twist coming. Mm. So, and the character, like the delineation of good and bad between the characters, is pretty clear. Mm. So it wasn't like a, whoa. Yeah. Um, but I did like it though. I like I liked the idea of it. Um, because you could imagine if someone told you that, you wouldn't doubt it, would you? You wouldn't. Just to underline how awful. Daniel Cleaver is not only did he do this thing to Darcy, yeah, he also lied and told people Shocking. that it was the other way around. Crazy mm-hmm. behavior, absolutely unhinged. Yeah. Unhinged. Yeah. He needs to. Someone needs to take his power away P- from him. Punch him in the face, really hard. I don't think that's enough. <laughs> no, he's he's really bad. We can move on to um, where she decides to buy a new diary she eats she's eating branston pickle at one point in her... uh, yeah that is my small fact the fact that she is just eating branston pickle whilst looking <laughs> loggingly out of the window or it's just amazing i wonder when the director was thinking like what should you be eating right now it's like branston pickle <laughs> i mean i'm i we're both fans of branston pickle i believe andy would you eat um, it from the jar well exactly I can't mm. think of anything worse. Well, I can, but not no. many. But it's almost food, though, isn't it? Because if you get the proper stuff, the chunks are big enough to be almost food. Yeah. What it's giving is there is nothing in the house and I just cannot be bothered yeah. to walk out and go to the shop. Um, it's impressive because if it is truly Branson Pickle, she's not flinching. Yeah. Because, you know, it's mm. heavy on the vinegar, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's not... It's not they're wincing, nothing. She's just going for it. And they, I, might, they might have to do multiple takes for that as well. So yeah. she, it's not the first time she's been doing it that day. Maybe it's something really yummy in there. But I was going to yeah. say the other point about the friends going to Paris. Mm. That when... I mean, again, I'm slightly uh, split on my view here. But when all the friends are like, oh, go have a good time in Paris. One, she's got very limited time to pack, which worries me for her. She, but didn't, again, have a ba- she didn't have a bag. She didn't have a bag. But yeah. two... When their friends are like, no worries, you go. This man just turned up. And I would probably say to the guy, like, my friends just bought me a ticket to Paris. Like, can we do this when I get back? <laughs> and the friends are remarkably chill. I mean, maybe they should be. Maybe that's a good thing to do as a they, friend. They're good friends. It is the romantic comedy thing to yeah. do. And I, I kind of enjoy that. But yeah. I wonder what you would do in reality if your friends bought you a Paris ticket. And then this guy that you've not been on a date with yet says that he loves you. <laughs> I don't know. What would you do? I mean, in a romantic comedy world, you have to. I mean, I guess if you want to, if you want to really throw yourself into a life of romance, then maybe I'd say sod it. I'll... I think it's on the back of everything that's come before as well, isn't yeah. it? Like, like she's given up on men, then she's not, and then she, you know, all it's of the roller snowing. coaster. Yeah, all of the roller coaster has led to this point, yeah. and so it is on the on the tails of everything that's happened before. I just think... He it's has not. made quite the romantic gesture in himself. He's left the life that he was basically given. Well, didn't, not given, but he was the, the life that he had for him yeah. in America yeah. to come see her. Yeah. 
That is true, actually. It is a grand romantic gesture. Yeah. So if he can yeah. come back from New York, she can forego Paris, I think. I That's would true. do that 10 minutes after she'd left to go to Paris and then I'd look like a fool. <laughs> so you'd, then you'd go, you'd chase her to Paris. Well, I wouldn't know she was there. I wouldn't and, know. Oh, yeah, that's true. I just, yeah. And I'd have no key for it. Where's he living? Yeah. Well, no. he's always got his parents. parents. Actually, yeah. going back to then the grand gesture with that in mind, I probably I probably would forego yeah. Paris, I think. Given that she knew what he was going there for yeah. and what yeah. he was losing by coming back for her. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, mm. fair enough. What, for, voice of reason. Perfect. I've watched too many romantic comedies. <laughs> I should write one. Would you um, run through the airport? Are you in the kind of running through the airport? No, no, I'm petrified of being arrested. There's the very new. Have you guys I don't ever think watched? You can be arrested for running during a ball. Well, running oh, to the sorry security and all sorts oh, of things. Oh, that sort of arrest. Have yeah. you guys watched Fleabag? No. Oh, there's a great. Not line. all of it. I'm in the middle of watching it. I won't ruin it. But this yeah, just there's works. one line where one character says to another character, "You're the only person." They're talking about how ridiculous it is the running through the airport and how it just practically wouldn't help and wouldn't, it just mm. couldn't happen to security. And the other character says, "You're the only person I'd ever run for an airport for," and I think That's it's nice. one of the best. Com- one of the most. Mm-hmm loveliest mm. lines in any tv show ever mm-hmm. so. we're going to finish off the small stuff with um the scene where bridget chases down the the street for mark you got something to say about that just that i love it just that mm-hmm. this was probably the winning scene for me to hold i was laughing so hard and i know it's so silly but i just thought it was the funniest i fell in love with the character in that moment um and I love when they're kissing and he's trying to cover up with the coat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, mine's not quite so profound. I was going to focus on the two old ladies <laughs> who just stop and yeah. watch them. And point. And point. point. <laughs> they're yeah. like three feet away. They're really judgmental. And they're like staring. You think you'd be happy if I saw someone yeah. chase someone down in their pants and then yeah. kiss them. I'd be there like, Yay. yeah, you would. You'd be like, applause. good they, for yeah. you. Uh, yeah, those those women. Well, they... it goes back to what I was saying about earlier. But I think everyone in this film is mean. London, London. <laughs> yes. Did you uh, watch the um, the credits? No. It's like some of the like the interviews with um, Darcy yeah. in the credits. Yeah, and I appreciate these are slightly different. Depending where you're watching this, they're slightly different in uh, North America. Hmm. But in Europe, we get some little vignettes. Of actually, there's a couple of uh, interviews with Daniel. When oh yeah, yeah, Daniel, not Darcy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When he's with other women, talking about how happy he is for Darcy and Bridget, both times getting their names wrong, or the woman he's with, their yeah. names wrong. But the last one's with Darcy's dad. Oh, I don't and think I saw mom that one. And dad, well, <laughs> he says, "I'm going to quote this because he was talking about how voluptuous Bridget is." And he says, mm-hmm. I like a woman with a backside that you can park your oh, bike nice. in and rest your pint on. Well, that feels like a nice way to end. <laughs> oh, God. I say, really? So yeah. we've, got, we've, got, we've got here, we've had this, actually, right, it was a bit of a shock at the start, but I slowly warmed up to the characters, it was in context, and then right at the end you drop that in. Come on. Yeah, can you imagine Come being on. Richard Curtis thinking, well, we've, this is the <clears> last, this is my last impression that I want to leave is this. It's bad. But you are right with the kind of, there is that underlying slightly just double entendre. And, yeah. And so yeah. But maybe, that's not even double entendre. That's no, but maybe he was it. like, that is just the, this is, this is it. Yeah. It's this an irreverent, it is irreverent, isn't it? All the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's my parting comment. Yeah. Fabulous. Right. Thank you. <laughs> On that note, mm. we will take a break.
category time. Starting with the quick hits, as always, uh, I'm going to race through a couple of them. Uh, no uses of binoculars. Not surprising, really. Backhanded spit wipes. I find this very difficult to look out for. Um, but I just forget. I then hoped. I watched the fight yeah. three, four times so to see I. if I could see any backhanded spit mm-hmm. wipes. There weren't. There was a hairbrush mm-hmm. by Colin Firth, but no, but no spit wipes. You, you feel like it's a strong candidate for a yeah. backhanded spit yeah. wipe, don't you? But no. I really thought that, like at one point, Daniel Cleaver had blood dripping down the side mm-hmm. of his mouth, and I thought he'd do it then. He would. Do, but the problem is, you can't do that as an actor because then you smudge the blood, and they have to like continuity issues. They have to do mm-hmm. it again and. Bad ways to die. There aren't. There are no deaths. No, but she does mention dying a spinster and then getting eaten by Alsatians. Mm. That's bad. You're dead. I guess what happens after is is that relevant? Yeah. It's still bad. Dying of starvation. The yeah. person they they briefly show her being sort of sniffed at by yeah. Alsatians. <laughs> she does not look look like she died of starvation. Okay. <laughs> and Andy's hat. There's only one contender. It's mm. not really a hat. It's bunny ears, right? Oh, it's you see, ears. I think there is a contender. It isn't just me. bunny ears, but I like the bunny ears. Bernard's Bishop's Mitre. Oh, yeah, I know. So Bernard is, I love Bernard, but he must have like one line. <laughs> no, but he doesn't have any lines. Does he not? No. Does he not he say just look, He just looks. At, I guess you have to pay him if he speaks, right? Yeah. Uh, um, is this my category? Because I'm sure, saying yeah. bunny ears. Okay, yeah. that's fine. I agree. But, I feel like I missed Bernard, by the way. So when they are dressed as a tart and a vicar and he yeah. said, um, at least I didn't spend as much money on my costume as Bernard, the camera oh, cuts to Bernard and there he is. When they're like, like sat by sit- the fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sitting yeah, yeah. on a bench in a full, full bishop's <laughs> outfit. On his own. Yeah. The only answer if you do that is just to own it, isn't it? Like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or... Like, if you're wearing a bishop's outfit, you've probably got something on underneath that you could just take the outfit off. Maybe he's not sat on the bench because he's embarrassed, but because no one else is mm. congratulating him. Nobody likes him. Yeah. Well. Poor Bernard. He must have come alone, right? Yes. Yeah. Unless he's the partner of the woman who's skulking around the bushes. Surely. Uh, surely. Yeah. Mm. Age difference. Because then they wouldn't... Mm, otherwise... So he either came alone because no one else was there to tell him otherwise. Mm. Or... Even his partner's avoiding him. There's some backstory to Bernard that we, we, we really should know. I would like to see a Bernard spin In off. that extra hour, we can have that <laughs> mm-hmm. story. Bernard origin story. <laughs> Let's move to Audio Corner. Um, I've got a few nominations. So I'm going to just throw a few out there. And you meant, you referenced that it probably doesn't have a lot. And I think you're probably right. But I'm going to... I want to mention Bridget's accent, or rather... Um, Renee Zellweger's yeah. accent as Bridget. It it's quite a good English accent, I think. I think it's fantastic. I think it's really. I did not know that she wasn't um, English British. So. Well, that's there you yeah, yeah. There you have it. I mean, remember we did um, Ocean's Eleven the other a few weeks ago with um, Chris, and he asked whether we th- he thought we thought Basher's English accent mm-hmm. was any good. This is better. No, it's immeasurably so. Mm. It's so good. I, I was reading some things about it earlier on. Apparently, and I don't know how true this is, she worked in a marketing company for a month in the UK with an alias, right? And wow. apparently, no one no one recognised it, which I can understand back then, mm. right? To work on her accent—that's that's commitment. Cool. If she did that, yeah. And apparently, yeah. on set, she didn't 
break out of the accent because then she'd find it difficult, yeah. understandably, to get. I can understand into that. That's probably a good tactic. But I think it's mm. fantastic, mm. and it's it, it works so well for her character because she's she's kind of timid and shy, but also um, overly confident and loud when she needs to be, as as yeah. someone who is overcompensating for that in a in a security insecurity mm. would be. She's it's brilliantly done. My favourite sort of British accent line reading of hers is when she says, Silly Bridget. Well, we've become very close. Well, you've only just met her. She flew in yesterday. Who? <sighs> oh. Silly Bridget. When, <laughs> um, when she's talking to Daniel and he's revealing the... the it old... is great, actually, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's so good. Uh, I also want to mention um, <laughs> when she's going down the fireman's pole. Thank you very much. Excellent fire station. Uh, and now back to the studio. Excellent. A national laughing stock. But she's watching it like. Re- I'm rewinding it and playing it and rewinding it again. The little squeal that she does is mm-hmm. so good. And then when it's repeated multiple times, it's great. So I love that moment. Um, the noises during the fight. So there's the moment after the the first sort of exchange of punches and then Cleaver hits um, Darcy with like a, a lid of a dustpan, dustbin mm-hmm. or something. Then they're just grappling. Mm-hmm. The noises are brilliant. It's sort of, I can't even replicate them. They're sort of grunting, but not yeah. quite effort kind of noises. They're just it's so exactly good. the sort of noises you'd make if you didn't know what you were doing in a fight. Yeah. yeah. Grappling and going. <laughs> you mentioned the music, and you mentioned the um, the Van Morrison song. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> For me, I mean, I think the music in general is quite good. I think it's. I love the soundtrack. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was a big fan. The yep. songs fit the moment. Mm. All by myself is great. Yeah, um, the Shaka Khan one is great. For me, the best sounding track is when we get that clip of uh, Artful Dodger and Craig David doing Woman the Trouble. Garage, mm-hmm. the, but when she's uh, so getting the food ready. Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I loved it. It's I was, just, and it, was unexpected. it sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, joy, I am broadcasting genius. Celebrating by cooking birthday feast for close friends. How sneaking suspicion I'm also It was unexpected because it's like all of these I don't know what you'd call the other songs, but then you've got this this song and you're like, okay, like this is yeah. a good song. Like, it's interesting, it. isn't it? Because I think the music comes across really well from a I don't know, from a mixed perspective, from a clarity, from a, you know, it just mm-hmm. sounds right. Mm. A narrative, you know? like it just works perfectly yeah. from a narrative yeah. perspective, yeah. So have you got any other mentions, any nominees? I mean, kind of what you... I didn't pick out any specific, uh, like, audio moments, but just the soundtrack in general. I did, like, When She Quits, and then you've got the R-E-S-P-E-C-T comes mm-hmm. in, and it's a real kind of, like, you want to just click your fingers. And mm-hmm. It's very good to know. But if staying here means working within 10 yards of you, frankly, I'd rather have a job wiping Saddam Hussein's ass. Are 
say you go girl you kind of it is yeah. a you go girl moment it yeah. really is so i did enjoy that and mm-hmm. um yeah i was my other moment was the i actually didn't look up all the track but art for, art for daughter imagine yeah, yeah. yeah. so i like that in the sit-up britain office for some reason bridget has got two nodding dogs on her phone like on her phone and they make a good noise on her desk yeah yeah, yeah. on the, yeah. yeah yeah on a desk phone and oh i see yeah yeah, yeah. and she's tapping them and they go, yeah i like those November 9th, weight, 138 pounds, cigarettes, three, birthday. Good noise. So why would you have that on a phone? Anyway, anyway. (laughs) Is that your winner? No, I'm going for, I'm going for actually someone like you by Van Morrison. Yeah. But, you know, that's a song. My winner's probably, mm, I think I'm going to, within the context of the film, I'll go for the R-E-S-P-C-T. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to go for Artful Dodger, Woman Trouble. Uh, let's move on to Best Looking Scene. Andy, have you got any nominations? I've got one. Okay, go. Because, uh, no, I'm going to mention the fight initially. Mm-hmm. I think that that's actually quite nicely done. The lighting's good. It's wet outside. It's, you know, it looks lovely. Mm-hmm. But mine is really specific, really specific. I think it's when, um, so after the, the Ruby wedding party, um, and it's, it must only be on shot for maybe a second or two. Um, Bridget's on the f- train on the way home. You mm-hmm. see her and she's got, her head is classically the kind of right-hand third of the, the frame and she's um, leaning against the window mm-hmm. and she's going through some emotions in her face. You know, she's you know, over, good face acting, as you'd say. And um, then, um, not that this is an audio bit, then I think it's Out of Reach by Gabrielle kicks in. But that's that, that that's shot of her just looking forlorn against the mm. window it's really nice it's really yeah. nicely lit because obviously she's led against the window and there's a dark seat to her left it's good nice anyway. i would say i mean i did write down the fight and i would say quite more broadly just london looks they mm. always i love london films where they make london look like a really nice place to be all and the not time, grubby and gritty yeah yeah um <laughs> so london it's a bit of a the fight scene, like you said, it doesn't look nice. But thinking about it now, again, actually the scene that came to mind is when the mum returns to uh, mm-hmm. Professor Slughorn. Um, and there was just something about it in how kind of simple it is. And I mm-hmm. like the idea of, you know, she's a grown woman, she's at the top of the stairs, but in that moment she's very much the child she's watching child. her parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. So it might not be like beautiful. I know like when we did Gone Girl, there's some really beautiful yeah. cinematography. I don't think it's cinematography, mm-hmm. but I thought it was still a nice... There's a couple nice of scene. good shots in that, isn't there, in that scene? Because there's the moment when the, they hear the door opening mm. and then they turn and then she's standing there at the yeah. end of the living room with her bag. That's a great shot. And it's like the Christmas lighting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other one actually I actually did think was when they're doing their weekend away and they're driving in the car. Mm-hmm. It's quite a nice, That's a nice great moment, shot. yeah. Well, so I wanted to mention the the very almost the first shot of the movie where they're driving through the snowy village. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. But I think my winner is when they're at their weekend away and the the camera pans off their hotel room and then pans down and the bride and groom are dancing mm-hmm. outside the yeah, hotel mm-hmm. with and the hotel lights are nice and warm mm-hmm. and then there's the bride and groom in the foreground. I think that's my winner for um, okay. best looking scene. So you went for um, 
Mum coming home. Yeah. Bridget on train. On the train, yeah. The Monsieur Mendel Award for the our favourite incidental character. Can I throw out some n- nominees? I've got so many. You f- fill in fill in the blanks. Yep. Salmon Rushdie. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Penny Husbands Bosworth, uh, Bosworth, played by uh, Honor Blackman. Mm-hmm. Bernard. Yep. Cosmo and Woney. Mm-hmm. Just for their names, because they're awful. But yeah. what names? And um, the Bridges producer at the um, at the the fire station, the guy that tells her to go down the pole, but then has, he has, she has to go back up. His, his name's Neville. <laughs> He's like, go, 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 go. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So uh, those are my five nominees. You got any others? I would say mine is hands down Aunt Shirley. Okay. Yeah, just love her creeping through. Excellent. Yeah. I've got Uncle Jeffrey, not because oh, I like him. Uh, He's horrid. Yeah. But I want to say for the benefit of the tape, Jesse... Kind of stuck his tongue out in disgust. No, no, like, <laughs> only because he he is like the the epitome of of a lot of the issues. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about him. He's an idiot. Um, no, but I get it because he's such a kind of uh, memorable character in his. If, you, if yeah. you think about all those scenes without Uncle Jeffrey, something's missing. Yeah, um, he has that. He even has a noise when he he <laughs> like. Pats her bottom. He's like, yeah. mom, mom, or something. Yeah. And I think it must be deliberate. I think it must. It, I don't think it's just that. Oh, it's a two thousand and one thing. I think it is a deliberate world view. The sense that you've got mm. the lift scene, you've got Uncle Jeffrey, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got the yeah. producer. <clears throat> so I think it's, you know, I think so they, a- they are emphasised to make the point. And yeah. My other one on here is Mr. Fitzherbert. He's a horrible person, but again, it kind of drives it that. It, yeah. But he's not my winner anyway. Oh, because I was thinking, well, why would they do that? I guess it does make her more of a hero, doesn't it? It mm. is a bit more like... Yeah. In the face of all these... Yeah. Like, um, mine is to, to... So I'm not... I got Mr. Sit-Up Britain as well. Like Mr. Sit-Up Britain. What, the the the, the, the boss? Yeah. The he's credited, he's like... by the way, as Mr. Sit-Up Britain. That's his... <laughs> um... Do you know the bit when he's like, get her in a skirt and get her going down the fire <laughs> <Yeah>. hole? <laughs> he's so However, mine is uh, Bridget's cameraman at the court... Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. We've messed up. Eleanor Heaney and Kathy Ragani have come and gone. Oh, God. I'll be sacked. Ooh. Did the others get interviews? I don't know. I was having a slash. Actually, nobody got interviews. You... I was having a slash. <laughs> I don't know. I was having a slash. <laughs> so, yeah. the, so the joke, of course, is that she's missed the, uh, the, the folks coming out of the court. To grab the kind of news bit, she's getting um, a packet of polos or something, and cigarettes, and cigarettes, yeah. yeah. And um, she goes, "Oh, does anyone? Did anyone have an interview?" And the cameraman says, "Um, I don't know. I was having a slash." It's so good. I love this idea of them just being the most (laughs) useless journalists. Yeah, worst TV show. Um, so yeah, Bridget's cameraman. He's your winner. Yeah, he's so good. Good. I think I'm. I'm really torn because I love. I like. I I love Cosmo and Woni just (laughs) just because of their names. They're also horrid. Yeah, horrible. In the same way as Uncle Jeffrey and Mister Fitzgerald. Yeah, Yeah. and like just for the names alone, I feel like I got to go with Cosmo and Woni. Like, let's think of the two most obnoxious names we can Mm -hmm. for these hipster. Oh, awful. Right. (laughs) Um, best location. Mine's easy on this one. Yeah, it's Daniel's house. His the light, the books. Uh, it looks. I would love my house to look like that, or the library. But yeah. it kind of upset me that someone who's so horrible could love books like that. Mm. Um, I didn't like the idea that he also loved literature. He's it really got, upset me. In his flat, he's got so much floor space. So much floor like space. The so space, much light. Yeah, wooden, wooden flooring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
bastard. Like yeah, it's a great. <laughs> it's and and a model in a naked model in his bathroom. Yeah. Have you not got one of those? Maybe in the living room. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mine's probably the hotel, specifically the outside of the hotel. Um, I mentioned it before, the shot where he falls in the water. I know you hate it, but that is... What a place, right? Mm. Got this kind of little boating lake river thing. It's got a golf course as well. Yeah, it's got a golf course and you got the kind of the rolling kind of slope that goes straight up to the hotel. It looks lovely. I think it was the same hotel that was used in Layer Cake. I'd have to look that up, but Maybe. it looks similar. Uh, I'm going to go, and it is a, a, so I think you mentioned London already. Mm. I think as a location, London works so well. Yeah. There's so many great landmarks that she walks past and she walks across Tower Bridge, <laughs> walks through um, Piccadilly Circus and all that kind of stuff. It looks, London looks great. So London looks very London-y, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, but there is a, a brief moment where she's on a train. I can't remember if it was the train scene that you're ref- referencing mm-hmm. or not, but um, it goes over a viaduct, a stone viaduct with arches and it looks great. Is it the Harry Potter viaduct? <laughs> no, I don't think so, oh. but it's similar. It could well be, actually, mm. now that I think about it. I mean, that would make no geographical sense, yeah. but yeah. it looks <laughs> So I'm I'm voting for the viaduct okay. as the best location. It's it's a very brief thing, but it's not technically a, a filming location, so maybe I'm bending the rules a little bit. But it's fine. We'll let you go. We'll allow it. Daniel's flat would also be mm. on my list. I think that's the best choice, actually, because his flat's incredible, isn't it? It's amazing. It's truly amazing. But you're right about the literary thing. Yeah. He is so unpleasant. But exceptionally well learned. Yeah, there's that bit as well when she says something like, oh, Kafkaesque, Vonnegut's, Vonnegut's mm. style, and then he mm-hmm. kind of schools her back with that person. Yeah. And for a brief moment, I really liked him because I was like, oh, he reads books. And then, yeah. oh, God damn it, Daniel. <laughs> what souvenir would you like to take from this film? Right. So I'm going to start with a really easy one. Uh, Cleaver's Mercedes is a beautiful car, mm. okay. but that's not a suit. Is there, is, there, is there a particular model? I didn't look it up. Oh, okay. I, probably, a, no, I don't know. Mm. I'd get it wrong and everyone would complain. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I also... <laughs> imagine a small frame on the wall, if you will, mm-hmm. and mounted in the middle is her bunny tail. Oh. That would be quite oh. good. That's that a, cool. That's a you real, are yeah. so good at this category. I know, I know, that I know. is really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's actually not my winner. Because you could go up to it and go, ha ha. I would make Jeffrey's <laughs> noises. I, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't touch it. You know. I feel like it'd be the type of thing that I would, if no one else was in the house, I'd probably go up to it and do give the it Uncle Jeffrey thing. <laughs> and then I'd feel really ashamed and embarrassed in myself. Disappointed with yourself. Yeah, I'd be yeah. like, oh, that Uncle Jeffrey looks within. Um, but I'm going to have, because that I wasn't, I wasn't hugely comfortable uh, doing that so I, I decided to pick this one instead so again I'll have it perhaps mounted on a table I'll stand for it um, Bridget's sit up Britain microphone nice oh, yes. so, yeah. so when she's yeah. doing the interview she's got a yeah. handheld microphone with sit up written on it that's mm-hmm. what I'll have nice one or her diary but you know yeah, the diary is very yeah. obvious yeah. isn't it yeah. I think the classic the obvious ones are like the diary or the Bridget Jones pants mm-hmm. but I actually <laughs> looking at my notes here would you frame them and put them on the wall they probably the big pants maybe because they are iconic okay mm-hmm. so um, what I wrote down here looking at my notes which is quite funny is I just wrote Branston Pickle or the sheer amount of cigarettes. So just every cigarette was my choice. This represents all of the cigarettes that yes. were smoked during Bridget Jones's diary. I don't smoke, but I did actually... The reason I wrote this, um, which was my logic last night, but I'm not quite understanding why I wrote it now, was that I could sell them. 
with it, now if you were in prison, you could use it as currency. Nowadays, yeah. yeah, with thousands, I'd imagine. Exactly. So yeah, Branson pickle or the sheer amount of cigarettes. Well, you need to pick choice. one. This is. I mean, um, I can get um, you some pickle. I mean, Branson pickle. I maybe if it was Branson. Mm, it would need to be the actual. Yeah, the pickle. actual Branson pickle. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I would like <laughs> no, to actually change my answer now to the bunny tail. Okay. That's you're, right. you're taking his. I want, yeah, oh, I'm honoured. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. Um, I would consider the reindeer jumper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also wrote down the diary. That's pretty mm. obvious. But I, you talked about the nodding dogs earlier for Audio Corner. I'm thinking maybe the nodding dogs as the souvenir. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of probably my pick. It's not brilliant, but... It's really obscure, though, isn't it? Yeah. No, no one would know. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But you, and you'd be like... <laughs> but the reindeer jumper is suitably horrible for a Christmas jumper event yeah. at work or a party or something. And it's the reindeer jumper that Colin Firth wore. In... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So true. I think I'm going to pick the reindeer jumper. I have to Fine. say, the diary one, mm. I'm going to use the souvenir to springboard my one thing. I do think that one of the best moments of Mr. Darcy is when she runs because she thinks that he saw this diary and panicked. And he's just so mature and so sane and says, well, I know, it doesn't mean anything. Mm. It's like, wow, what a stable response. I'm what, gonna, a, what a guy. Yeah, I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent. Yeah. So it's that moment, and she's written all this stuff about how much she hates Darcy and stuff. I don't think that's earned because... So the the narration, her narration, is supposed to be her diary entries. Yeah, we never hear any of that it stuff in the narration, and then all of a sudden, it's in her diary, three or four different places. Yeah. How much she hates Darcy. Maybe they just did it as a pure plot device so that they can kiss in the snow. Well, in her pants. Yeah, she needs a reason to have to run back outside in her pants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they were like, "How are we going to do that?" Okay. Enter diary. Uh, the Call Me Bronco Coolest Look Award. There aren't many. I think there are a few. Okay, go on then. Surprise me. One when she's either in the car and she's wearing the kind of scarf glasses, quite like that. Not long lasting, but I liked it. The bunny outfit. Okay. Um, But I like Hugh Grant in the water. I'm going to say it. That's my final choice. Okay. I think that's Just because of how wet the shirt is. Yeah. And how buff he looks. Really cool. He looks really cool and really good. And I I, I know smoking isn't cool. But but a broken cigarette. Yeah, there's something about it. I enjoy it. Oh, it just looks so awful. Okay. Mm. Fine. Um, mine is far more touching and tender. <laughs> it's not, the, although we actually have highlighted the bunny outfit, but I'm not going to I was going to say, is it the bunny outfit? <laughs> I mean, it should be. But I think uh, Bridget, at the end, um, when, um, I've forgotten his name, Darcy, when Darcy mm. arrives, she's outside ready to go. She looks incredible. She's her like, going oh, to Paris outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just looks incredible and she's all angelic and her cheeks are red and she's all glowing and she looks amazing. Okay, um, nice one. Yeah, she looks like a little Christmas present. I'll have to go um, have a look mm. now. At you should. She just looks stunning. That and, is more, and, more and, touching and tender than me saying, oh, I love it when his shirt's wet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I highlighted bunny outfit, let's yeah. be clear. Okay, good. Well, I've so. gone for something a bit more mature. <laughs> I think she just looks stunning. She looks so cool, uh, amazingly beautiful and... Um, yeah, it's a nice touchy moment. So there we are. Okay, it's way better than any of mine because mm-hmm. uh, I wrote down the reindeer jumper again. Mm-hmm. You really Not, like, like that? You well, know there, no, there are lots of reindeer I, jumpers at I, Christmas I, that you can get. I put it as an ironic mm-hmm. coolest look because it's not. Um, but I actually think, and this is so awful, but Daniel, I think it's the first time we see Daniel and he's got a, quite a dark suit and an open neck blue shirt on. Mm-hmm. He 
looks pretty cool. He does look pretty cool. He looks pretty Maybe cool. for Secret Santa, I should just get you like a reindeer Christmas jumper. It's got to be this one. I'll tell you it is that one. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, so I referenced it earlier. It's the moment when, the, I think it's the, when the lift doors open and we see him for the first time, Daniel, for the first time. It's his eyes. He does this really cool kind of like, his yeah. eyes don't really catch on onto anything. Yeah. And, and like... he, just looks, he just looks cool in yeah. that outfit. And so I think that's my winner, which is really awful. Because... It's the best moment because he hasn't talked yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he hasn't touched anyone's yeah. bottom. Mm. Let's finish, as always, with the closing credit. I'm going to keep this short. The uh, There's not much uh, not much choice at all in the credits. Um, I was going to go for Mr. Sit-Up Britain, but I wanted to mention him in the, in the incidentals. It's a, so. it's a pretty good credit, though, isn't it? Yeah, I did like that. So this is really boring. This is a boring actor, probably. A boring credit, and his acting is boring. Sorry, his acting history is boring. So he's credited. It's uh, Simon in Marketing. <laughs> Simon in Marketing. Um, I've got some boring facts for this boring yeah. person. Um, I didn't actually write his name down because it was... It was <laughs> what, the actor? No, no, it's Glenn or something. I'm going to look it up. I don't want to do him any disservice here. One Simon second. in Marketing is... Simon in Marketing. Day. It's so good. So Simon is the guy that... Um, he comes in when when Daniel is trying to convince Bridget to stay or something, and everyone's in the yeah. in the office watching. And Brian and Simon comes in with like artwork or something, and he's trying to get Daniel's attention. And he tells him. Simon in marketing is Gareth Marks. Okay, okay, so re- relatively boring name, boring credits. Here's some facts for you. Uh, he's been in one episode of Doctor Who in 2018. Okay. <laughs> British, so British. he was so in British. one episode of The Crown as Fruity Metcalf, which isn't quite as boring. Yeah, I don't know who that is, actually. That's quite Fruity exciting. Metcalf. I don't know. <laughs> so was his name Metcalf and he was Fruity, or was his name Fruity Metcalf? It's capitalised, so I can only assume his name is Fruity. I guess okay. he, if he's part of the royal family. Yeah, it could, could be anything, couldn't it? Yeah. Let us know if you know who Fruity Metcalf is. Um, Simon in Marketing, boring fact of the day. And his name again is? Oh, I've got to look it up again. Gareth Well, wow, that's how boring this poor guy is. It's just Gareth Marks. Gareth Come on, Marks. I should have wrote that down. Yeah. Right? But... Congratulations, Gareth Marks. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, we do. Sorry, we... Gareth. <laughs> we do have a lot of listeners. Okay, One that's going to do Gareth it. For... <laughs> <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you, Andy. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Jess. Always a pleasure. <laughs> So next time we will be doing Greece. I kind of teased Greece last episode, but we are doing Greece next time. Maybe give it a watch if you're interested uh, in following along. Uh, But don't forget the small stuff.